Welcome back to Tequila She Wrote, a podcast about cocktails and true crime. I'm Sloan, your bartender for today. And I'm Trish, your crime tender. And today we are bringing you the story of Philip Chisholm and the death of Colleen Ritzer. This is a tragic story of a teacher who was murdered by one of her students. And I'll just kind of leave it at that and let Trish tell the rest of the story to all of us because she assures me that I will remember remember this story once we get into it, but I, I'm clueless as of right now. So <laughs> we will all discover the story together. So it's, it's a fairly recent one, but um, I feel like it's one that there's so many other like big cases that happen that it's just one that I feel like people kind of forget about. Right. So yeah, I'm excited to tell you all, and I guess we will kick you off to the episode. Today I am bringing you a mango habanero margarita. I was a little worried that I wasn't going to like this one, but it is so good. Uh, Trish sent me this recipe from the Old Smoky Distillery's Instagram page, I believe. And so, of course, you're going to use Old Smoky Distillery's. But this one's the mango habanero whiskey. You use 1.5 ounces of that, 3 ounces of margarita mix, sour mix, whatever you have, and 5 ounces of orange juice. Y'all, this is so good. It's sweet. It's got a little bit of a kick to it. It would be really great with like a tahini rim, and y'all know I'm obsessed with that right now. (laughs) So this one is a 10 out of 10 for me. Go get you this whiskey. I tried it. It reminds me a lot of the mango chili um, seltzer from Truly in their margarita pack. Yeah. But obviously it's not a seltzer, so it doesn't have the harsh bubbles that Sloan can't do. (laughs) Yeah. You could definitely top this off with some Sprite or club soda if you wanted to stretch it even more. Um, Or if you wanted to use less orange juice or less margarita mix, you could figure it out and make it into more of a seltzer-like drink. But for me, this is perfect. When I was making it, I complained. I was like, how are we calling this a margarita with so little margarita mix? But it really does work. It's a great drink. Mm -hmm. So highly recommend. We will get this recipe card up on all of our socials. We have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. They're all tequila she wrote across the board. If you have any cocktail recipe suggestions or liquor suggestions or wine or beer or even case recommendations, hit us up in the at our email, tequila she wrote at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We also do have our Patreon up and running. We are slowly getting it all caught up to date, but it is well, there are stuff up there so you will have some bonus contents. There's different tiers, and we finally have our very first patron. Mm-hmm. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so, if you want to join them, you can get some bonus episodes and 
cases and like I said, different tiers that you're going to get different little things. So the easiest way to find us is to go to patreon.com backslash tequila she wrote or check out our socials for the link tree. And we'll have a link that will send you directly to it. Yeah. All right. And without further ado, we'll kick you off to the episode. All right. So like I said in the intro, this is a fairly recent case. Recent as in like it's within the past couple of years. It's definitely pre-COVID, which I feel like is a major like time block for some of us. That's like you don't even remember stuff from afterwards. (laughs) But I do remember this case very clearly when it happened. And then just kind of didn't really keep up with it. So it popped up. I forget where. And I was like, oh, let me go ahead and do that one. And remind us all. So as we said, this is the case of Philip Chisholm and the death of Colleen Ritzer. And this takes place on October 22nd, 2013. My sister's birthday. <laughs> Although she was born in 86, but still October 22nd is her birthday. So uh, happy, happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, Becky. <laughs> uh, so October 22nd, 2013, Colleen Ritzer, who was 24, a popular math teacher at Danvers High School, was found murdered in a heavily wooded area 50 feet from an athletic field. Her throat had been slit with a box cutter and she had been hit in the face. Like I said, Colleen was a teacher at Danvers High School, 25 miles north of Boston. She was doing her dream job of teaching math. And on October 22nd, she had asked her student, Philip, to stay after school. Another student also was staying after and testified later that Colleen tried to ask Philip, who had just moved to Massachusetts from Clarksville, Tennessee, how the community compared, like, basically from that. And he said that Philip became visibly upset and the subject was changed. Later, Colleen left her classroom, and in surveillance footage, you see Colleen walking down the hallway to the bathroom, and Philip is seen looking out the door of the classroom and looking down the hall. He disappears back into the classroom and comes back out after putting his hood on. He then puts on a pair of gloves and walks into the bathroom. Minutes later, he is seen emerging from the bathroom carrying the black pants Colleen was wearing. He then dragged her body from the bathroom in a blue recycling container on wheels. Authorities say he then returned home, changed his bloodied clothes, and went to lunch at Wendy's, then watched a Woody Allen film at Hollywood Hits, a movie theater not far from his house. And both Colleen and Philip were reported missing on the night of October 22nd. At 5 a.m. on October 23rd, Philip was arrested and charged with first-degree murder as an adult. He was 14 at the time. Colleen's body was discovered a short time later. He attempted to hide her body. She was in a supine position, which if you don't know what that is, it means she was lying face up. 
covered with leaves and debris. Trigger warning here if you um, are a, if you're triggered by rape and that. It was said that a sharp, pointy object was used to rape her. Ouch. Right? My body. <laughs> My heart. Yeah. I was like, ugh. So, mm. yeah. Her throat had been slashed, and a handwritten note was found beside her body. It read, I hate you all. Ultimately, the video footage is what led police to sus suspect Philip of her murder. Because once, when they originally found her, they had no idea, like, what had happened. Also, the green recycling bin was found 20 yards away. And clothing and other personal items were thrown about. And the blood-soaked gloves Philip wore in the video were also present. Cell phone pings are what led police to finding Philip after his mother reported him missing. So they first pinged, like, kind of tracked it. And the first ping was at the movie theater. And then the second one kind of was, like, middle of nowhere. But using, like, Facebook posts and stuff like that, they were able to track him down to where they ended up finding him. They found him walking alone in the middle of the night on a dark and narrow section of Route 1 near Topsfield. A knife was, a knife was discovered when police stopped him. When they later checked his bag, they found a blood-stained box cutter, mask, gloves, and a hooded sweatshirt. When asked where the blood came from, he reportedly said, the girl. He also had Colleen's credit cards and driver's license and a pair of women's blue-green underwear on him. He first said he found the items at a gas station, then claimed he took them out of her car. The next day, a police officer went to the school, viewed video surveillance, and was able to piece together a minute-by-minute -minute account of what happened on the 22nd at the school. So, now that that... Is any of this ringing a bell to you? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's one that I know was in the press for a little bit, and I definitely remember it very, like, vividly. But also, like, I know some cases, like, I'll remember. And yeah. and then there's ones that you do. And I'm like, I, I don't I don't yeah. remember this. Which I think is why we work so well together. Right. <laughs> so, we're going to fast forward to our court case. Because, yes, this was all discovered. And it got kind of wrapped up. They knew... He killed her. There was, like, you could not really dispute this. There was too much going against him. So, our court case, the trial for the case, wasn't until 2015. Again, this happened in 2013. Which just shows how slow going our court system is sometimes. I was about to say, because my, mine for this week, is not slow moving at all. <laughs> there are some that I feel like that are it takes so forever. yeah. It's just it's crazy. But also, there's a reason why it was also delayed. Like they tried to claim that he was mentally ill, so yeah. then you had to go through the whole testing, testing, and, and that. that takes time and it delays stuff and all that. But so Philip, who was 14 at the time of the murder, 
is now a 16-year-old. During the trial, the, his lawyer admitted that Chisholm murdered and raped Colleen, but argued he was suffering from an undiagnosed mental illness. Said he was in the throes of a psychotic break and not responsible for his actions. We all suffer a little bit from some yeah. sort of mental and I understand some things are worse than others, but you you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Yeah. I hate that so many people now try to claim mental illness to, like, basically justify their actions and stuff, especially in court cases and that. Because then you have the ones that, like really truly do suffer from stuff like this and it's like they don't want to talk about it because they're like oh people are gonna be like oh my god you're gonna snap and kill me one day and it's like that that's not that's not what happens yeah as somebody with mental illness i hope that <laughs> <laughs> i hope that you don't snap one day i don't want to have to be an alibi okay <laughs> but also, i feel like several of our co-workers would not be surprised if one day i snapped and did some things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> so they did have a psychiatrist uh, testify and corroborate this plea. The psychiatrist said he was hearing voices and having a psychotic episode when he murdered Colleen. But every, I never read anywhere that the psychiatrist tried to be like, oh, yeah, he didn't know what he was doing. But he did say, like, yes, he, he was, like, having an episode. The jury listened to testimony of the brutal murder where Colleen was stabbed at least 16 times, strangled, and raped. Phillips' lawyers tried to get the rape charge acquitted in the woods because they claimed Colleen was already dead by the... By the time, like, this occurred. So you want a necrophilia charge instead? <laughs> but prosecutors said that the fatal blow to her neck was made out in the woods. So, even if she wasn't, even if it didn't happen there and she was dead, but, like, that's what they're still believing, maybe. Because as much as they can sit there and look at stuff and be like, yes, this is, this is what, you don't know. Unless you're physically there and see it, you don't really know what the fatal blow was. Yeah. But like you said, even if she was dead, you still raped her. <laughs> still a so. <laughs> she still did not consent, whether she was alive or dead. There was no consent from this woman. So which charge would you prefer to take, sir? Right. So along with the... My brain was going somewhere else with this, but no. How I have this is actually correct. So, along with accounts of what happened, the jury also were shown the evidence of the weapons and even Philip's bloody pants he wore when he killed Colleen. Like, and it's not just like a little bit of blood on this. No, like, it's like pretty well covered. Like, I'll try to make sure that in our post, like, there's a thing of, like, his pants. Because I looked at, I was like, I mean, how much blood could there have been? Mm -hmm. And then I saw the pants. I oh, well, well, 
gee, dude, how how did you make it home without someone being like, what the what the fuck? Colleen's father later said that when he was watching the video footage of the day, he wanted to scream and yet slash yell at his daughter to stop, go back, don't go in the bathroom. He said a dad's job is to, is to protect his family and he didn't protect Colleen. Which if you watch the video footage, like it's it's very easy to find. It's so disturbing because you literally see this woman just walking about like it's a normal, like just walking around her school that she's so comfortable at. She's literally walking to the bathroom. She has like a smile on her face. She goes into the bathroom and like it says, you literally see Philip creepily poking out. And then he kind of goes back in and then he comes back out and he's got his hood up and everything. And then he kind of like glances like around to make sure like nobody's looking and then he just goes in mm-hmm. and he just comes out and he wheels this trash can over and then he just casually wheels the trash can away i'm just like how big was the school that like there was no janitor or anything like around like this other student like didn't even like really i don't know mm-hmm. it's just Maybe it's because I went to a small town. Like, my school wasn't small, but it also wasn't extremely big. But with all the after-school stuff I did, like, I was in band and all that. If you were walking around after, you still would at least run into somebody one time. Yeah. So it just, like, I just still don't understand how he was able to do all this and no one stop him. Even if, like, even if it was after the fact, like, how no one saw him with the amount of blood that was on him. Um, she seems to be pretty great at being sketchy. Yes. I would imagine that's how. It's just, it's crazy to me. I do want to note that even though he was 14 at the time of the murder, he was now 16 at the time of the trial, and he was tried as an adult. Mm-hmm. He faced life in prison for first-degree murder charges, and on December December 15, 2015, he was sentenced. Philip stared straight ahead and had no visible reaction when the guilty verdict was read, which is the signs of a psychopath. Um... Colleen's parents said they believed the verdict was the beginning of justice for Colleen, but there would never fully be justice because their daughter was gone. Also, the case would be a constant reminder as Chisholm appealed the case and was also eligible for parole after some time. The judge, David, I'm going to say it's pronounced Lowy. It's literally low with a Y. (laughs) So, David Lowy was the sentencing judge. He heard Chisholm's lawyers as they asked that he be allowed to seek parole after 15 years and no later than his 40th birthday. Prosecutors, Prosecutors wanted him locked up until he was at least 64. Lowy said that he considered Philip's age the possibility of rehabilitation and science about the adolescent brain's like development. 
which I think is a fair thing to do when you're young. There's a reason why they say young and dumb, because guess what? We are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I remember many uh, dumb things I did as a kid. But you never murdered anybody. No, I never murdered anybody. <laughs> I think that the I think that this is a very like hard line to toe because yes, there are some instances where kids like commit an act like this and they rebound and become a better person. But then there are also some kids that we've seen in the past that, like, they just don't stand a chance. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of where our cases have a lot of parallels this week because it's, like, the same age bracket. It's the same, like, court sentencing sort of situation and dilemma. And it's, like, how do you handle somebody that is so young? Yeah. Like, do you take away their whole future and their life because of what they've done or do you try to give them another chance and like what's the chance of them getting out and fucking up again you know yeah so so i wonder and so i know some of you are like how is this kid able to get fucking parole like he kills somebody and he's going in for a life sentence well in the state you have to note that at the time that he was being sentenced Philip couldn't be sentenced to life without parole because of a state supreme judicial court decision that abolished this punishment for juveniles. Even though he was an adult, like, being charged as an adult, he's still considered juvenile if you go by, like, the age bracket. So, Lowy ordered Chisholm to serve life in prison with the possibility of parole after 25 years for the murder of Colleen Ritzer. He also will serve two 40-year prison terms concurrently for her rape and armed robbery. So, the thing with this is he can't seek release until he has served at least 40 years in prison, which would make him 54 at the time. So, he still is pretty much going to be in there for, like, a majority of his life, even if he does get out after those 40 years. But you gotta think he's also still gotta apply for it and then there's gotta be a whole thing. So, like, even if he does get out, it's not, like, an immediate release, too. Mm -hmm. So, again, justice, but is it really? Um, He was also credited with time served, which I think was, like, a year at this point, so... I think they include that in, like, why he would be 54 at the time. I don't know. After this case, which rocked, like, this small town that happened in, the state legis- legislature enacted new punishments for juveniles convicted of first-degree murder, but it doesn't apply to Chisholm because it became law after her murder and that, so you can't... <sighs> It's kind of like a, you can't do the, like, what am I trying to say? Like, he's basically exempt because it wasn't enacted before this all happened. So, mm-hmm. it's that loophole stuff that he just happens to fall into. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's pretty much my case. Like, it's a shorter one, but it's fine. Um, there's not really going to be updates because he's currently in jail and he's not... 
They said, I know he appeal he did like apply for an appeal, but I don't think anything's come of it as of now. So we will definitely have to just kind of keep an update on that, see if anything pops up. Like I said, everything I I searched like all week just to make sure that I wasn't missing anything and I did not see anything about an appeals case yet, so I will keep you updated if I do find something, but that is my case. Um, like I said, it was one that I definitely remember. I'm not sure if many of you remember. Yeah, I still don't remember this one, but it was a very interesting case to learn about. <laughs> so if you learned about it with me, we're not alone. But I guess we will kick you off to the last call, and we will see you again on Friday. It's another last call with your bartender, Sloan. And today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite people on this planet, <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Oh, Snoop. Snoop Doggy Dog. Or Calvin Cordozar Brodus? Brodus? I should have looked that up. <laughs> I should have. But I'm going to come around to like a funny story at the end of this that brought me to it. And of course, this is brought to you by TikTok. Oh, of course. <laughs> so Trish has already seen this. I sent it to her. But I figured that we could kind of talk about Snoop a little bit before I did. Of course, we know that like Snoop is famous, but we all, we all know he's got like famous cousins too, right? Like, did you know that Ray J and Brandy are his cousins? I mean, okay. That's a talented family already. Yeah. Right there. Ray J and Brandy. And then also, his other another cousin is Sasha Banks. And I had to look this one up, but she's a WWE wrestler. I was going to say, the name sounds familiar. Yeah, she's a wrestler. And, like, Snoop used to take her to WrestleMania whenever she was younger. And so he's definitely been, like, very supportive of her career her entire life, which I think is really kind of cool. Um, he's also related to Nate Dogg, which we all, yeah, I mean, we all know, yeah. And then two other ones that I was not very familiar with is Daz Dillinger and RBX, and they're both rappers. So those are a few of his famous ones, but the TikTok that I wanted to discuss that brought us all here today is about, um... Jermaine Fuller, who is the singer of Peanut Butter Jelly Time. <laughs> it's Peanut Butter Jelly, jelly time, time, Peanut Butter Jelly Time, Peanut Butter Jelly, Peanut Butter Jelly Anyways, so Jermaine Fuller had an 11-hour standoff with the Las Vegas police in 2002 before he was actually shot to death. But his brother-in-law, Snoop Dogg, sent a video trying to, like, talk him off the ledge and, like, step down from the police. And so that's how that all, like, comes together. And I don't know. I just thought that that was a whole interesting roundabout. Like, Snoop is related to everybody at Philip. Like. <laughs> Instead of 20 degrees of Kevin Bacon, we're going to do 20 degrees of Snoop Dogg. <laughs> hey, I am one degree away from Snoop Dogg. I think that's how I count that right. Um, my cousin, she was Miss Mississippi and she 
was like the second or third runner up in Miss America whenever she went the year that she went and Mario Lopez was the host and all this stuff. But she ended up getting a job with CMT through that. Like she moved to Nashville and she nannied for a little while, but then she ended up working for CMT and it was right at the point that Snoop Dogg did the uh, song with who was it? He did like some sort of, country tape I, I can't remember but he was invited to the cmt because he was nominated for an award and my cousin was the one that got to escort him down the red carpet nice so like that puts me one degree away right that's one person guess, between yeah. me and snoop i got this i got this <laughs> if i would have been older whenever all of that happened like i definitely would have been like hey Make sure you get me a signature or I have a blunt. <laughs> <laughs> I have family that lives in Nashville. And every time I've gone to visit, I have never, never been lucky enough to run into anybody. But yet, they'll just go to like the store and fucking Keith Urban's walking by. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's not my luck either. Don't worry. <laughs> my friend went with her husband and Chris Young happened to be eating at the same restaurant they were at. I was like, are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. That would never happen to me. Don't worry. We're safe while we're out. <laughs> she sent me she sent me a picture of like the back of his head and like a cat like a just a ball cap and she was like is this Chris? Am I cuz she's the one I always went to my concerts with and I was like I'm like sitting there trying and I was like, I mean, the vein in the back of his neck looks ridiculously familiar. No, I was like, I mean, it's a Cowboys hat. He's a big Cowboys fan. He Right now it's the same like haircut that he's got. I was like, is he really, is he tall? And she was like, when he stood up, yeah. And she goes, people keep looking at him. She goes, I really think it's him. And then when he stood up in turn, she goes, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, she goes. I was with Will or else I would have tracked him down. I was like, I would have left Will's ass. <laughs> Same. But, yeah. We do love Snoop. Sloan also got his... I just uh... got the cookbook, which is one reason <laughs> that I wanted to talk about him. So, expect some uh, Snoop Dogg cocktails coming your way, for sure. I have to work up the courage, because he really likes gin and vermouth, and those are two things that I do not love. Yeah. So, we'll we'll see. But... Looking forward to trying out everything else in there. Uh, if you're interested in hearing about the cooking part of it, let me know. I could talk about that on here, too. Right. I love to cook. I love to bake. But I'm definitely looking forward to working my way through his cookbook with... Uh, I've seen on TikTok, the macaroni and cheese looks really I'm good. I'm excited for that. The baby back ribs. The uh, dogs in a blanket is what he calls his. I think so, yeah. Um, mashed potato. Anyways, yeah. All right, we're going to leave that on that. If you want to hear more about my Snoop Dogg cooking journey, just let me know and I'll keep y'all updated here. In the meantime, you can catch up with us on our social medias. We have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. They're all tequila she wrote across the board. You can email us with any suggestions for cases, cocktails, liquors, anything like that. Tequila she wrote at gmail.com. We do post every Tuesday and Friday, so you can definitely catch us on those days or whenever you're able to catch up yourself 
We also do have our Patreon set up, and we have our first Patreon Woo-hoo. listener. Um, but it's real easy. You can find us easily at just going to patreon.com backslash backslash hi you're doing it this week because <laughs> i just had to edit yours and so then try <laughs> try to fix it which i still left some of it in because i was like no it's it too great. funny it great. <laughs> but it's patreon.com backslash tequila she wrote and then you can also go to any of our socials and find our link tree information and then you'll get a direct link to patreon from there as little as $2 a month, you can get ad-free episodes, and you get a little bonus episode, and then if you pay a little more, you might get Sloan's uh, Ruining Paradise or My Haunted stuff. So It goes in tiers, so the more you pay, the more you get back from us, mm-hmm. and if there's anything that you think like we're missing over there, feel free to let us know, especially if you're paying for something and you feel like we're lacking somewhere. We're yes. more than happy to accommodate over there at Patreon. Um, but yeah, that's what we have for you today. In the meantime, we will let you go and see you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.